This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel. And uh, at my site, you'll find a lot of astrology MP3s and courses and 16 books and energetically programmed crystals, which because of this topic may be of interest to you. Just FYI, just be aware that there's a tool that I'll explain uh, later. We need to... Um, we I need to say something about what is called the opioid epidemic or opioid abuse or overdose epidemic that's occurring in the U.S. and perhaps other places. I'm just aware of what people were talking about in the U.S. over the last few years uh, ramping up. And um, if you live outside of the... Um, you know, outside of under being under a rock, you're aware of this. Uh, this this has been you know really taking off kind of um, kind of quite a lot. And um, I'm looking at this chart from Wikipedia right now, and it's a, and there's this thing that says a uh, deaths per 100,000 population, and starting in 2000 with any uh, any opioid, it's three out of 100,000. And now, as of 2015, it's looks like about 10.4, 10.5, something like that. They do break it down for commonly prescribed opioids and heroin and other synthetic opioids. But the point is that this is an issue. Any opioid is a good enough number for me. Um, you know, this over this three and a half fold increase in the last 15 years. You know, whatever. I'm not analyzing how they do their data. I'm not a professional at that. But I want to talk about this because. This has been on my mind for, I want to say a few years, especially the last few months, this thing has been trying to come through. So I, uh, this, this, what I'm thinking of as a um, uh, bird's eye view or a channel perspective on what's going on uh, has been trying to come through, and I'm just making time to record some stuff uh, today. So um, this is about, okay, okay, let me just say this too. So many, many people who are having the problem with the opioids are seeking relief from chronic pain. So that's where we start with this. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, people with um, defects in their moral fabric who like drugs or <laughs> whatever. A, a lot of the people uh, are, are seeking relief from pain. Now, some of them are seeking relief from non-physical pain, right? You know, like drug-seeking behavior that's not based in some um, physical, biochemical, medical thing that a doctor would address, right? Some of the people are, right? So, so we have a lot of different people in this category. And if you're in one of those groups and you listen to this MP3, your brain might be tempted to say, Tom, you just said a lot, but you didn't help me. Well, I want to be clear at the outset. What I'm going to do here is talk about a bird's-eye view perspective on why this is occurring and getting so loud in the collective. My intention with any of these kinds of things uh, that I do, where I try to offer a bird's-eye view on why something's happening, uh, is to help you create within yourself, a consciousness shift about what's happening, why it's happening, 
and how you as an individual or others as individuals can think about this. Because one of the things when we talk about health issues, physical issues, including anything that leads to pain, including scenarios such as um, surgeries after which chronic pain is a major issue, or degenerative situations, or arthritic situations, or I don't know, uh, autoimmune issues, whatever, things that create constant pain. There is an energetic call or an energetic root or source for everything that happens to our bodies. Essentially, we are containing energetic scripts that are giving off frequencies, like programs that are giving off frequencies, and the, the 3D world around us creates scenarios to match our internal vibrations. Now, that said, if you, if you listen to this and you're like, that wasn't helpful because I'm dealing with chronic pain, think about things. I'm just asking you to give, give us a break. Give us the benefit of the doubt. Stick with us. Bear with us is what I want to say. Because I'm, I, I want to explain to you some of the energetic, unconscious, perhaps even multi-life sources of the kinds of things that create the scenarios in 3D now that yield or create chronic pain that might have us turning to, for example, opioids and other things to attempt to alleviate the pain. So anyway, it's kind of a long intro that's like my, um, what do you call it, my, um, oh my gosh, what's that called when you, disclaimer, disclaimer, okay. Uh, I don't play a doctor on SoundCloud, etc. Okay, so um, essentially, our relationship with pain is what needs to be looked at. From a bird's eye view, one of the reasons why this has this situation in 3D, right, in our day-to-day lives over the last 15 years, according to this graph, but of course, you know. Other data would go back further. This is getting louder because since the end of the Mayan calendar a few years ago, we are unwittingly experiencing unresolved energetic and emotional stuff, including pain, despair, and trauma from across the timeline. Essentially, Every person hearing this, every person on the planet, will have a particular something, a particular thing, unresolved emotional situation, that before the end of 2011 uh, would come up and then recede, and would come up and be triggered. This situation or that relationship or this dilemma, that choice, would bring up a feeling, a doubt, a fear, sorrow, regret, shame, guilt, pain, grief, something. As of the end of the Mayan calendar, October 28th, 2011, I know everybody says 2012, and assume it's the winter solstice of 2012, which is like December 21st, 2012, but really, or December 20th, I can't remember, one of those two days. But really, it ended in late October 2011, and the time until the winter solstice of 2012 was a settling-in period where things were kind of like finding their balance and equilibrium. 
So since then, the veil, the veils between dimensions are gone, are dissolved or in the process of dissolving hardcore. But you don't know that. <laughs> You're living your life as if you are your name, your age, your address, your job, your preferences, whatever, your favorite cereal, whatever, your favorite cat, whatever, um, your favorite video game, whatever it is, like your preferences, your life, you. But you are experiencing, without realizing it, multidimensional consciousness. That thing that was part of your deal before the end of 2011 that kept coming up and going back down again, that thing is present for you elsewhere on the Earth timeline. In some other lives, plural, you are experiencing something very difficult. It has been bubbling to the surface now and then during your life as you in this life because what is tense, what hurts, what's unresolved, what is a bubble of unhappiness, sorrow, grief, guilt, shame, etc., anger, resentment, whatever, all those things, it's unnatural for this tension to exist. So this bubble sort of floats around and then it recedes. As of the end of 2011, it comes to the surface and, so to speak, takes over. So any... Okay, but it's the most needing of resolution, the worst pain, right? But it's the most needing of resolution is what has taken over. So what you so now it's June of 2017. What you have been dealing with emotionally and energetically and regarding thought patterns and belief patterns and choices and knee-jerk reactions and assumptions and grief and sorrow and guilt, whatever, shame, all those things are the most important to resolve. They come up to the surface first because the veils are gone. And the most tense, the most unhappily unresolved thing rushes to the surface and takes over. So you could, prior to the end of 2011, sometimes sweep it under the rug or avoid it. You can no longer do that. So, to some of you, this might sound like a bad idea, or like a bad situation, right? Because here, this guilt, shame, pain, sorrow, grief, whatever, is up on the surface. In fact, from the perspective of the, the beings I channel, uh, Archangel Metatron somewhat, and also primarily, um, or but primarily, Ascended Master Jehuti, spelled D-J-E-H-U-T-Y, and I do have six books of six books of channel material from him and dozens of mp3s on my site if you want to hear his voice and and read his his narratives um and what they're talking about is now this is a prime opportunity for you to face what you fear and to face what hurts to become empowered through adapting to a view of yourself as an energetic being who is consciousness that exists across time this is empowerment for you, for me, for everybody. But what it looks like day-to-day, hour-to-hour, is having to deal with these really difficult, sometimes debilitating emotional states. So overdose, overdose deaths involving opioids, you know, seeking opioids to try to alleviate the chronic physical pain, right? I'm saying this points at our relationship 
with pain, with emotional pain. All emotional pain, as I said, well, I, I alluded to, will manifest physically. Whatever you are vibrating, consciously as well as unconsciously vibrating, will manifest in your life. So a scenario in 3D that leads to a surgery, for example, that ends in chronic pain, that's necessary for your soul's journey. So you experience pain, right? Then you're in your physical body experiencing this pain. It is a marker. It is a placeholder. It is a pointer to your relationship with emotional pain for many lives, perhaps including this one. So I'm asking you to adapt to a new vision of who you are. You are not your favorite cereal and your relationship with that cute cat and your job and your preferences. You are not the people and places you come from. You are not, you know, in truth from this higher perspective, you are not a, you know, a citizen of country X living your life, living life. You are consciousness that exists across time. When you feel this pain and these emotions, you might be sensitive enough or discerning enough to feel that it's not you. And what normally follows from that is an exploration of a set of questions revolving around the theme, am I crazy, question mark? <laughs> because, because you're feeling things that don't belong to you. You may be sensitive enough to discern when that happens. Uh, when I go through this process, I happen to be somebody who is that sensitive. I sometimes feel nuts, but I get grounded. I connect to the earth. I get in my body. I remind myself of who I am. And if you've had a session with me and this stuff has come up or something like this has come up, I'll say, silently in your mind, state your full legal name, <laughs> your age, what year it is, your mailing or postal address, and assert that this life is yours and this other part of you is along for the ride. To assert that you are in charge, that, that you know, to, to reassert this, you know, centrality, right? Connectedness or, or collectedness, you know, uh, centeredness, groundedness. Sorry, I'm, my, my, I'm, my brain's a little off. I'm using uh, Mukaite to do this because I'm trying not to full bore channel because I want to tell you this story, but the Mukaite's affecting my sixth chakra and so some words are, and rhythms are kind of weird. I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll just um, adapt. It might be a little rocky for me and my mouth, though. So um, how you deal with what hurts. Now you are this person here, it's 2017, you're living your life. But if I say I'm asking you to adapt to a vision of yourself as multidimensional consciousness, then what you're experiencing energetically and emotionally is in fact what yous across the Earth timeline have experienced, are experiencing. This idea of the veil dissolving between dimensions, it includes for many and for many increasingly, the dissolution of the partitions between multiple lives' consciousnesses. The consciousness of people attached to your soul across time. Uh, some people would say your past lives. I would say your soul's other lives. Because from your soul, 
soul's perspective, they are happening simultaneously. And now that the barriers are gone, the partitions are gone, it's like you were working in a cubicle and sometimes you'd hear noise from over the walls. And as the veils have dissolved, the cubicle walls are gone. And this person's pencil tapping over there, this other person's talking about, you know, <laughs> her digestive problems on the phone, this other person, <laughs> um, you know, typing loudly, their issues are now bothering you. That's a great image. Before you were kind of, there were walls, then there were cubicle walls, then there's nothing. They got smaller and smaller until there's nothing. You are potentially highly distractible. And then you find yourself having to, to act upon and resolve and deal with their problems, these other people's problems. So the key as a remedy, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little, but I just want you to understand this is not uh, a, a, a you know a, ter a horror story. This is this is not a doom and gloom story, though though it sounds like it. You're like oh yeah, if you're feeling this, you might feel crazy. Or, oh yeah, now you're you know distracted by all your past life crap. Um, groundedness, cultivating a daily practice over months and years. I mean weeks and months are great, but please do it longer. Cultivating that kind of centeredness and groundedness. And you can check out that free 13-minute grounding MP3 from my homepage. Click on the green picture. And also, all the other channel audio can help you with this, too. Especially the, um, you know, I don't mention this anywhere, usually. But for every lunation, right, for every new moon and full moon, except a couple a year when I'm under the weather or whatever, um, I do a channel, typically 30 minutes, a channeled meditation from Ascended Master Jehudi whom I'm connected to all the time, uh, about the themes of the full moon. It involves a grounding process, about 30 minutes long total, and talking about the themes, asking you to make certain empowering decisions. You can connect to his energy through my voice. Anyway, these channel tools to help you get grounded and, and you know adapt energetically to some of these things can help you develop a relationship with your own center so these parts and their tapping pencils and loud typing don't have to distract you nearly as much. You can stay focused on what you need to do. So what do you do with pain? It's a hard question. It's a big topic and it's a hard question. Let's focus on emotional pain because, as I said, emotional pain will manifest physically in one way or another. Our brains will say that the, the physical manifestations of pain are different than emotional pain. But I'm asking you to adapt to another vision of how this works. Medical intuitives uh, will already have this perspective, and in a certain way, Jehudi encourages us all to become our own medical intuitives, to learn the language of our bodies, to learn how energy manifests in our bodies, how our bodies, this language of our bodies idea, how, it, how they speak to us, regarding our own issues, our own emotions, and what we're feeling, and what we're experiencing. Noticing certain triggers, getting to know patterns, etc. Like I know, for example, after several years of very torturous um, personal experience, I know that when a, a bone or a muscle in my foot is out of whack, 
part of me is feeling I'm not supported by the universe. So it used to take me weeks and months to get through this, and it was really, like, ridiculous. Well, now I know that's my trigger, right? Other people might have a digestive issue trigger. Other people, headaches. Other people, certain particular muscles, that, and, and you can't relate it to gesture or repetitive behaviors. Um, all kinds of different things in the bodies, right, in the body. Like an old wound that keeps reasserting itself. It's telling you something. Um, so getting to know the language of your body, becoming your own medical intuitive, scanning your body, paying attention to what's happening and interpreting what's really going on, this is a skill that is very important for all of us to develop. We cannot do it if we don't get grounded all the time. Grounding takes us away from the distractions of our linear logical minds. The I would rather be busy the I would rather distract myself, where's my phone? There are cool games on my phone. Or I was in the car tonight coming back from uh, the gym, and um, the cutoff point happened on the NPR station when it turns into uh, jazz music, which I, which I love. But what I don't love sometimes is the energy and the voice of the hosts. And in this case, tonight, there was a, um, an interview from 16 years ago with this woman who turns 100 today, anyway, blah, 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 low vibration. I was so annoyed, and the guy on the phone loved her, the interviewer who was the host of the show, so I couldn't really listen because it was this interview, whatever. So I went to the classical station, and I was like, not in the mood for that, and then I went to the local indie station, which is, but anyway, I wasn't in the mood, so I turned it off, and then I was with my thoughts, and I was like, holy fuck, no wonder I want to listen to the radio, because I don't like these parts of me. Anyway, so, getting gra- <laughs> getting grounded takes you out, and I just rode in silence, and was with my thoughts, as uncomfortable as it was, And uh, but getting grounded puts uh, shifts the focus of attention into your body. So that sounds great, but what ends up happening is, you then must experience what's going on in your body. As I said, this person tapping his pencil, that person talking about her colon on the phone, this other person talking about, you know, whatever. All those things, you have to learn to deal with them. Since I'm talking about how it is prevalent for people, especially now since the end of 2011, to be experiencing the rising to the surface and taking over of other life, the worst, right? The most in need of resolution and healing and repair, other life problems. You don't realize it's happening, but you're feeling this and then your body's dealing with it. It's manifesting. You're having this illness, that injury, whatever, that aversion to foods, that illness, that whatever, that chronic problem. You don't know what's happening. So I'm saying to you, get grounded all the time, and as soon as your body starts doing that, get grounded. Get grounded. Ask the question of the body, okay, I'm willing to feel this, what's going on? Uh, I do I do have stones, and this is one of the things I was going to talk about. Uh, energetically programmed Labradorite is fantastic for um, discerning patterns and understanding the, the root causes of things. It tends to act, like I say, acutely, like kind of quickly. Also, mukaite, which as of this recording in early June, it's not up on my site yet, but I've just 
made 15 pieces and we'll put them up on my site uh, very soon. Um, that's a kind of slower, more gentle, intuitive stone, like gentle behind the scenes, sweeping away clutter, parting curtains, uh, so you can see what's behind it. The, like I said, the labradorite's more acute, the mukaite is more gentle and feels more dreamy, actually. Less mental and more, like less left brain and more right brain, kind of in a way. Uh, more flowy. Um, but those are two tools to use for that. The grounding is about tiger iron and hematite. I do offer them separately, though hematite is one of the constituent stones of tiger iron. So you get one of those grounding stones, and then you can work with one of those six chakra stones to learn the language of your body, to learn the language of how your body manifests the fears you have from other lives, right? Fears, guilt, shame, doubt, regret, etc. So how to deal with pain, emotional pain, is you get grounded to the point to the point that you're stable, that you have a baseline every day. And then you deal with stuff when it comes up by no by looking at it with open eyes, with open heart, with compassion, deciding all the time that you're going to accept what this part of you has to say that you're willing to welcome the part of you who's carrying the guilt, shame, anger, frustration, sorrow, guilt, shame, whatever. I keep repeating guilt and shame. Uh, sorrow, grief. You're going to welcome that part to the table with compassion and without judgment. And then you decide all the time that you are stronger than pain and fear because you can generate love in the face of them. Recognizing that guilt, shame, etc., our frequency, our variations of fear and pain. Acceptance, compassion, generosity, giving the benefit of the doubt, love, right, are all in the love category. There are two kinds of energies, right? Love and fear, or, or love or faith versus fear, pain, regret, etc. So holding space for the pain, bringing conscious awareness to it so the part of you can speak and be heard, and then you can take responsibility for changing the old belief or the karma or resolving the problem or releasing the thing or probably most importantly forgiving yourself and forgiving others for whatever choices were made that created this emotional pain in the first place. So it's a process of feeling emotional pain and changing how you react to it while you're feeling it. So this is why I said, I didn't say the, I didn't label it quite this way in the beginning, but my disclaimer was about, I'm going to tell you something that may seem to you rather abstract, but it's really not because it's the energetic source behind the kinds of physical pains that manifest that can, in some cases, lead to this situation with the what is called the opioid epidemic. Uh, you can think of it as, I mean, think about, you know, overdose, overdose deaths involving opioids, United States, 2000 to 2015, blah, blah, blah. Then you think about, that's a subset of the people who are using opioids, right, who are using opioids to attempt to alleviate pain. And then there are other, another sub, you know, a larger group of people 
who might not be using opioids but who are feeling pain. So we're seeing this like overdose death number, right, from three in, per 100,000 people in 2000 to over 10 in 2015. We're seeing this like spike. When you see this little graph I'm looking at, um, it's the green line at the top. It just kind of like zooms up, you know. Um, when you when you see that, realize that is a small number. That's a small percentage of the population that is dealing with the members of which are dealing with pain from other lives that they don't know how to deal with. So getting grounded, dealing with these parts of you and these feelings, having compassion, you might get specifics on what hurts and why. I encourage you to give voice as much as you can to the parts of you who carry the pain. Like let's say that you're, you are somebody who tends to feel or sometimes tends to feel, um, or prior to October 28, 2011, tended to feel at times uh, guilt. Let's just, let's just use guilt. Um, and then the last few years, it's been louder. Maybe you're apologizing all the time just in case you did something wrong. Maybe you're assuming more often than you used to that something's going wrong and you're probably responsible, or if something is going wrong, you're surely responsible, right? It's got to be, right? And then you're apologizing, and you're trying, you're, you're trying to figure out what you did wrong. Okay, so a part of you from somewhere else on the timeline is bringing this most important issue, this issue that is most needing of resolution and healing and attention and addressing and release. If you are finding yourself feeling guilty and apologizing for yourself, give voice to it. So somebody says, so somebody, um, let's say that a, uh, you you're at a, you're at a, a coffee shop or a restaurant and you inadvertently bump into somebody and that person's drink spills i mean you could just insert almost anything here in this you're in a place x you do a thing y thing z happens right to another person because of your your blunder apparent your right your mistake or whatever um, if you have a guilt story, this kind of crap is going to happen to you because you need triggers to realize that this is happening. Okay, what I'm about to describe is happening. So the other person says, oh, don't worry about it. And she genuinely means it. <laughs> she means it. And you appreciate, right? And you apologize. And she says, oh, don't worry about it. You know, stuff happens. And you realize 10 minutes later, two hours later, three days later, you can't let it go. What's happening is a part of you is asserting through that can't let it go, I shouldn't let it go. I've done something terrible. So give voice to it. Why can't I let that go? What would it mean, and I'm giving you examples here, what would it mean about me if I were to let it go? 
what kind of person lets that kind of thing go? You ask questions like this about what it seems to mean. What, is it, what does it mean about me that I spilled that person's drink? What does it mean about me that I can't let it go? You just ask a bunch of questions about what it seems to mean about you or the world or the other person. What does it what does it mean that she wasn't upset with me? What does it mean that she was able to let it go and I couldn't? What kind of person can't let it go? You just ask a bunch of questions like this to give the opportunity for part of you to speak the uncomfortable story. Now, I do this work in sessions, in coach, ongoing coaching work with people. It's, it gets really deep. You can run it on yourself. You can call me for support. I'm happy to dig into your chakras with permission, of course. Uh, but, the, but I do this all the time with what does it seem to mean about you? And sometimes some of these things we can work with by ourselves. Sometimes we do need support. And that's why I make myself available to that kind of deep work. And the way I do energy work can really resolve things too as we as we do this. It can help you release things that are, you know, parts of you don't know how to let go. But one of the strategies along the way is, you know, what kind of a person, blah, blah, blah. You know, what does it mean about me? All these kinds of questions. You're, you're giving voice to the part of you who carries the problem. Now, the answers are likely irrational and embarrassing. <laughs> that's, that's a normal part of the process. Because this part is stuck in a groove that's unhealthy and he or she can't see the truth of something and can't let it go. So there's like this, you know, myopia and the solipsism, right? And we get when we get stuck in those self-judging patterns, we're stuck and we can't see. So it's almost as if that person who said, oh, don't worry about it, things happen. It's okay. It's almost as if you can't hear that person because the frequency she's giving you back isn't matching your own judgment, which is to say your own perception that you should be judged. So, the, so in that case of guilt, there's something in your field that is unresolved about a choice you have made or something you've done or not done in some life. So, so give voice to it so that that part feels heard and doesn't bump into people in order to create a scenario through, for which you have to apologize, for which you feel guilty. When the part feels heard and you have put words to the real problem, a natural un unwinding begins. A natural, you know, stepping away from the, from the edge of tension begins. Because if I said to you, well, you, you obviously have a carrying guilt. You should forgive yourself for, you know, you should forgive yourself. Let yourself off the hook. Be nice to yourself. You won't be able to because something stuck in your unconscious needs to express, I made a mistake, I'm a loser, people hate me, people should hate me, I should be judged, I'm terrible. What, whatever it, it, you know. Ultimately, when you say, like, what kind of person, blah, 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 the answers tend to 
get down to stuff like because I'm a loser <laughs> or because I'm a horrible person because I lied, uh, because I'm a terrible person because I stole, because I'm a terrible person because I wouldn't help somebody. It gets to this self-judgment, this belief about self-judgment because of what I did or didn't do. So when you give voice to that and you're compassionate and you hold space for it while you're grounded, again, cultivating daily and monthly in over months and years, the grounding practice that part feels heard and the tension begins to unwind and you can then forgive yourself. You can do the forgiveness thing. Your conscious self can do it as long as you want. But the unconscious hasn't yet been heard. And so that part will still vibrate the need to experience guilt. You can run through what I've explained here regarding shame and self-doubt and regret, regarding a bunch of different things, self-judgment, self-criticism, self-hatred, you know, all things that match the vibration of self-judgment. And it might be useful for you to do that, especially, by the way, if you have Pluto and Virgo or some other karmic indicator like South Node, South Node Ruler by Sign, in Virgo, <laughs> uh, something in the sixth house, right? Something, you know, um, you have Pluto and Virgo, by the way, most of the births from like 1956, 57 up to 1971, 72. It's good to look up your birth chart specifically, which you can do for free on astro.com. But that's kind of a guideline. It's a sub, an astrological subgeneration in my mind. And uh, there's a thing about responsibility and what goes wrong when you take responsibility and being of service and how you can't actually help people sometimes or or you have the best of intentions but you can't complete a project and how that might result in self-judgment so the part of you that you have now interviewed and spent time with and this might be hard this might be hard this might take weeks and months to really get into and that's again why I offer the services that I do um, but once you've heard from that part, you recognize, yeah, I have this trigger and your relationship with that self-judgment can begin to shift. Like I said, you can start to forgive yourself, but separately on another level, your relationship with that self-judgment, with that perception that you should be judged begins to shift. And so when something happens the next time you knock, you knock into somebody inadvertently, in a, excuse me, in a coffee shop, and that person's drink is spilled, and, that, and you say, oh, I'm sorry, that person says, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. And you can say, oh, okay, I just, I wasn't thinking, I'm sorry that happened. You know, you don't have to carry it forever. Within two minutes, you can let it go, five minutes, ten minutes. You know, three days later, it'll come up again, and you'll say, you know, I can let that go, it's okay. Also, once you shift that vibration, your relationship with that part of you and the need for self-judgment to create guilt. Um, if you knock over somebody's drink and that person says, why I oughta? You know, that person says, you're a terrible person and I'm so angry and you owe me $3.72 for my specialty coffee drink. You know, 
uh, that person gets judgy and angry or whatever, you can remember, again, I have this trigger, okay, let me see what is the right thing to do in this moment instead of being driven by guilt. So in other words, your relation, to, to repeat, your relationship with guilt can shift and then you can be present in various situations and scenarios in order to do what is the right thing to do in the moment instead of being guided by or steered by what amounts to self-hatred. So this is how you deal with emotional pain. <laughs> you hold space for the part of you to speak and you integrate the part listening. Making sure you are having compassion and, and maintaining perspective. You know, if it's easier for you, like for some people this is hard. And one of the things that can be an intermediary or buffer step is when you hear from that part, oh, I judge myself because of this, or I feel guilty because of, I'm a terrible person because of blah, blah, blah. It might feel, it might sting quite a lot. So what you can do is have this intermediary step of, I choose to have compassion for people who really are hard on themselves in that way. For people who feel guilty because of lying or stealing or cheating or whatever it is, or not following through, or not being responsible, or letting someone else suffer, whatever it is. I'm willing, this is how you do it. I, I say choose responsibility, that's one way to do it. But the, the intro, the kind of doorway into this is I'm willing to have compassion for people who hate themselves because of their choices. And imagine or think of an actual experience with a friend or a family member of yours who exhibits this? Yeah, let me remember when, yeah, my sister was like that, or my dad was like that, or my mom is like that every Tuesday when I talk to her, whatever it is. Um, or my kid, right? Whatever it is, my, my partner, my spouse. Let me have compassion for that, and then remember always it's mine too. I have that within me. Let me see if I can turn that compassion on myself as well. I do want to say that we all are dealing with stuff coming up from other parts of the timeline. So everybody has got his or her own portion of this to work through. And as I said earlier, most of us don't know that this is happening. And so to have compassion for people who have changed, people whose behavior changes, their treatment of themselves and treatment of you gets worse, is part of the story. Having compassion for other people who are confronting something that's really hard to deal with. And then, of course, catching yourself if you're having compassion for all of them but not you. That's part of the story, too. Also remember, whatever energetic, energetically and emotionally is happening for you cannot help, this is the way Carolyn Mace talks about it in Anatomy of the Spirit, and 
this is how Jehudi talks about it too. Her phrase, her phrasing got in my head, so he uses it all the time. So he like it it fits with how he teaches things and so how I teach things. Um the physical body cannot help but manifest energy. I might be paraphrasing part of that, but basically this idea is the physical body cannot help but manifest essentially what you're thinking, feeling, what you believe, what you resent, what you fear, what you regret, what you shame, what you have guilt over. So everybody's dealing with stuff from across the timeline and everybody is manifesting it in some way in their lives, some of them via health. This thing about chronic pain, just to take us back to where we started 12 years ago, 45 minutes ago, um, this is going to get worse. Because the need to learn to deal with emotional situations and to learn to deal with things manifesting from across the timeline, that need is getting louder. The veils are gone. The veils between dimensions, the partitions in your own consciousness between your various lives are gone. So human evolution now is about getting grounded to deal with what is multidimensionality. It is, it, you know, human evolution now is not in grand spiritual principles of ascension. It's in dealing with what's happening now. Dealing with your health, your body, your feelings, your thoughts, your attitudes and beliefs. And it is trench work. It is dirty work. What's the word? It's a, is it people say dirty work? Oh my God, what's the phrase? Yeah, dirty work. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, she had other people do her dirty work. Do her own, she needs to do her own dirty work. It's dirty work. It's like getting your hands dirty. It's, you know, something's happening and you realize you have to dig a hole in your backyard in the middle of the night, emotionally speaking, <laughs> to unearth something. And somebody comes out and goes, it's 3 a.m. Sandy, what are you doing? And you're like, I got to get to the bottom of this. It's hard work. It's dirty work. And like I said, it rests upon success, rests upon strengthening the container of your consciousness through a daily grounding practice, through clearing energies out, through deciding constantly that you are stronger than pain and fear that you may experience. Because you can bring love, acceptance, compassion, and kindness, generosity, the benefit of the doubt, to those things. So I think I'm getting close to the end of the MP3. Let me also say, you know, I said, oh, everybody's experiencing this. We're all on the... Uh, it's also true that everybody has the capacity to become stronger in the face of this, their own personal scenarios. We, because we don't realize, en masse, that we are energetic beings who are consciousnesses that exist across time, that is, that we are souls, which means we are God consciousness, creator consciousness, divine intelligence. We don't realize that. We don't realize that everything that happens to us, we are co-creating through our vibrations and intentions. 
we don't realize that our unconscious is manifesting in front of us as things we don't like. Our shadows, things we've shoved under the, you know, we, we've relegated to the basement. They don't deserve love, which is light. They become shadows. We're manifesting those in front of us too. Because we don't realize how powerful we are. When these things happen, we feel powerless in the face of them. So, overdose deaths involving opioids. Pushing the limit of attempts, of an attempt to alleviate the physical pain. When you're in the situation with some emotional pain, that you're not sure how to handle. It's analogous to the physical pain that's, that people who are, are relying on opioids to try to help them, it's analogous, it's a, it's a parallel. What if with that thing that hurts emotionally for you, what if you got so grounded on a daily basis, every day for months, and then said, I'm going to look at that. I'm going to be present with that. I'm going to step into that. And I'm not going to look away. And I'm not afraid of being lost in that feeling. Because I can get grounded. I can come out of it. I can integrate it. I can hear what that part has to say. I know that this is temporary even though it's overwhelming or seems to threaten my happiness, my ability to feel happy and okay. When you make that decision, when you get to the place where you can make such a decision, you are, you are, you are established in power. The real definition of power which is absolute, unflinching, unashamed self-awareness and absolute, unflinching, unashamed self-acceptance. With, and you'll hear, if you've studied Pluto stuff with me, that's something that comes up all the time. This, this new definition of power that I'm working with. It's not about money and status and letters after your name and the respect of others and influence. It's about absolute, unflinching self-awareness and then self-acceptance. Knowing your pain and your fear, knowing your shadows, knowing your triggers, and supporting those parts of you so you are not subject to derailing yourself from fear, pain, guilt, shame, regret, anger, depression, sorrow, blah, 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 grief, blah, blah, blah. The long list of Pluto things I constantly, I constantly rattle off and when I'm teaching. So if you know you're stronger than pain or fear, which can be developed through the grounding practice, then you're owning a level of power that most people are not owning. Now, that's the emotional side of it. What if you did that with physical pain? What if you opened to it? What if you put your attention on that part of your body and opened to 
to feeling it with acceptance, without resisting what that feels like. If you are somebody who's experiencing chronic pain, you might say, uh, fuck that kid, fuck that Jacobs, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't have chronic pain, so in a, an important way, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I want you to understand that as physical pain manifests as a, an apparent inability or a perception of powerlessness in the face of emotional energetic pain, I'm just inviting you to see it in a new way. Okay, that is all for now. Thank you for playing. Thanks for your time and energy. Yeah, check out the Energetically Programmed Crystals for energy management. For What they do is they function as batteries, giving off the empowering, healing, clearing, opening, balancing energies that I have infused into them. When I say programmed or charged crystals, it's not moonlight or sunlight. It's not me sitting there saying, may this crystal bless you and, and serve your highest good. No. It is ass-kicking, empowering energy from Ascended Master Judy and or Metatron, Archangel Metatron. And uh, they're batteries and they give off something that interrupts the blocks and the edits in your energy field and consciousness, opening things up, letting things flow. So you can check those out and also the channeled MP3s and the grounding MP3 from the homepage, the green picture, at tdjacobs.com. Take care of yourself. Mm -hmm.